Welcome to the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's the Hand Down Man Down Podcast back at it once again. It's your boy Danny back on the line, and we got my boy Tim up on the line. What's going on with you, man? How you been? What's up, man? I've been chilling, man. Same old, same old, man. I feel you, man. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, with everything going on in the playoffs, it's been real chill. It's been real cool. It's been all the basketball moves going on. But before we get into that, I got to send out a quick shout out to the Sports Reality Podcast. They had shouted us out a couple weeks ago, and I've been listening to their show on SoundCloud. Okay. It's a it's a really good show. It gets really in-depth in the every kind of sport you can think of, from basketball, football, baseball. They even do hockey and golf. You know, it's a real good real, real good look from, you know, hitting them up, you know, especially for them giving us a shout-out. So I got to return, definitely return the favor for those guys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, let's, I mean, we got to get right into it because, you know, you know, the big thing so far was the fact that the WNBA draft was last week. And, you know, as predicted, uh, Asia Wilson went number one overall to the Las Vegas Aces. You know, a lot of a lot of young girls was about to really get going as soon as spotted, what, another month before the I season do. gets started? Exactly. You know, you'll like, I mean, you'll like some of the stuff that, that I saw, you know, a couple of years you know, the UConn Huskies went in the first round with Gabby Williams getting drafted fourth by the Chicago Sky. Azaray Stevens getting drafted sixth by the Dallas Wings. And Kia Nurse getting drafted tenth by the New York Liberty. And then, of course, the Mystics had a, you know, they did a good pick. that went and got Ariel Atkins with the seventh pick in round one. She was from Texas. She's a really good ball player. And uh, I'm just looking at, you know, the the results from that draft, because I was watching it from start to finish, and it seems to be a really good look, especially with all the girl, the young girls that's about to come out and get ready, you know, get ready to get their pro career started. Right. So it's been, you know, it's, it's, it's a good look to see that. What you what you thinking about what those girls are going to do, especially for our hometown team, the Mystics? The Mystics, man, I just hopefully they have a good a good year early. I think I'm gonna have to look at Forest, see what's up with her game, but I um I did actually see um Connecticut Sun um Sun's pick Lexi Brown actually play in the tournament. I remember when she was going to Miller before she actually transferred over to Duke. So I'm looking forward to seeing her play in the WNBA but um as far as the Mystics early Atkins I'm gonna have to look into that. I haven't really seen her um play. And the Mystics, I haven't actually even heard them have been too much relevant as being competitive. So hopefully they can do that little turnaround. Yeah, they were they were doing all right last season. They made it to the playoffs. I think they got bumped. I think it was the second round, if I'm not second mistaken. Round, okay, was, okay, okay. Yeah, they was they're they're really competitive. They went they got Atlanta Deladon last season. You know, she had her struggles, but she was still hooping real well for them last year. She was almost in the running for MVP. Um, and then you brought up Lexi Brown. I mean, I can't wait to see what Azaray Stevens is gonna look like for the wings, especially playing alongside Skylar Diggins and see how that turns out for that squad right there. That's that's really who I'm looking forward to. Outside of you know Asia Wilson to see how she does out there in Las Vegas. 
Because, you know, mm-hmm. that, that Las Vegas team is just what the team was in San Antonio. Okay, okay. Yeah, so once they once they made the move, you know, it was really good to see, you know, that, that Vegas is really starting to get into the pro game now. But after, look, you know, looking over the results from this draft, I mean, a lot of girls are coming out who are going to play real well. Now, unfortunately, your girl, Kennedy Carter, she didn't get drafted. She stayed it. She's going to stay in and keep going and keep improving her game down at Texas A&M. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I really look forward to seeing her play next year at college. She can add, see she can add to her game. That'll be uh, That's nice. Maybe she yeah. Had enough to a game to take that next step. Yeah, but she already had a she already had a good game. It was just you know it was just now she's gonna get even better. Right. You know what I mean? Especially with get a couple more years on her belt in the college game. It wouldn't be surprised if she come out after her junior year. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all either. I didn't even so, know um Beard was coaching in the WBS. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he, he just got, I he think coaching the Las Vegas Aces. Yeah, yeah, I think he was just coming back because he was coaching the Detroit team from a couple years ago, you know, before mm-hmm. they made the move to Oklahoma, which in turn turned them into the team that's in Dallas. So, um, yeah, he's definitely he's back in the game, so he should be a good look for her for Asia Wilson to learn under because Bill Lambeer, when he was he was playing in the NBA during the eighties and the early nineties, he was a he was a real good center for the, those Detroit Pistons teams, the Bad Boy Pistons with Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars and those boys. So yeah, muscle on that front line. Yeah, so she she yeah. definitely gonna get a good little look learning from Bill Lane Beer and, and that coaching staff that he gets that he implements his his style and his uh and his philosophy to that team once they get going. But other than that, I mean the WNBA draft was really good, and now we got. You know, we're a month away from the season getting started. Um, of course, everybody thinks everybody's picking either the Minnesota Lynx and the L.A. Sparks to go back to the championship series again. But we'll have to see because, I mean, like like you said, with like I said, with the Mystics coming in and playing well, we'll see how that team in Las Vegas plays. And then a couple other teams, like you said, Connecticut, um, Chicago. You know, we'll see how those teams yeah. perform out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So this it was it was a good look to get that up and running because because even with that, you know, they said the viewer. I think I saw something about the viewership up being up by like 25 percent from what it was last year. So that means everybody's starting to pay more attention to the to the WNBA and the women's game to see what's going on now. Which is a great thing. Which is a great thing. You know That's so. Yeah, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good look to see what that looks like. After, after this tournament, it's gonna want a lot of more people to gravitate to the WNBA because it's it's just as competitive. It's just as competitive. It may not be enough a lot of standout superstars, but it's just as competitive once it gets down to the elite eights and the final fours and three sixteen. Even the regular season, a couple of games and matchups to be competitive, especially with the new blood coming in. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah, most definitely. And, and ladies and gentlemen, if you can't if you can't tell, we down a man right now. We got uh Kirsten, she's out. Um she's trying to she's up, she's up just making sure she's okay. Um shout out to her. Make sure you, you feeling Will Bell. Hope can't wait to hear how you back on the show, man. We can't wait to get you back on here. Waiting for you. We hope this spot down to you, but you know how it is. 
Oh yeah, no question. We're gonna hold it down for while interaction. She should be back real soon, uh, guys. So, you know, and the next the next real thing is the fact that the playoffs is going on, and you know, like like you and me, and I'm pretty sure Kirsten's been watching it. The playoffs have been been something this year. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, we already know the the easy out is is Golden State versus San Antonio, and it hurts me to say that because I'm a Spurs fan. But I mean, when you look at it, even without Steph, you know the Warriors look like look like they're gonna have something to say about who's coming out the West without outside of everybody picking Houston. Right. But um, yeah, Houston, Houston seems like that's the the real threat. The Pelicans, they're not. They're playing real good basketball. They surprised me. I don't think that they'll be up three zero right now. Yeah, I mean, but when you look at it, I mean, think about it. Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, top five player in the league, he's playing out of his mind right now. And then you got surprise performances from Drew Holiday. You know, he's playing, he's he's playing lights out. And then they, then when they picked up Nikola Mirotic, ever since he shaved off his beard, they undefeated. He put up, he put up thirty last night. I just seen him when I seen it. I said, man, he shaved his beard. He's hitting shots like he did for his first year back in Chicago. Yeah, that was a good pickup for him, though. That was a great pickup because half the season with Boogie, they were clogging the paint with Miritich. Man, they can step out and do so much more. It's more room for everybody else to operate. Yeah, playoff Rondo. Yeah, playoff Rondo is back. Is back at it again. He's but he was doing this last year for Chicago when they was playing against Boston. So I'm not yeah, surprised he's doing yeah. this right now. Yeah, like they said, man, I think he just. To a whole other person with playoff stuff. Right. It's 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 good to see playoff Rondell back. But that also tells me one thing. What's going on up in Portland? Because Dame Lillard, he's not shooting the ball pretty well. He's not really playing up to his game like he was during the season. CJ McCullum is not playing playing his normal ball of the season. They're both playing average basketball right now. And it's kind of hurting Portland. Hurting Portland based on because Portland Looks to both of those guys for scoring for everything. So if you don't have it from those two. Who you gonna look to? You can't look at nobody else, and that's why they had one game with elimination. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. And then we sitting here talking about you know Port. We we mentioned Golden State, San Antonio. We mentioned Houston, who looks like to be to look like they're gonna take care of Minnesota because Carl Anthony Towns can't be a top 10 guy, and he scored a total of 13 points in two games in the playoffs. That right. can't happen. That can't at all. And it's, the shots that he's taking against the people that's checking him, I've seen a couple plays, maybe back-to-back plays the other night, when he went like maybe two hard dribbles into Nene and went and faded away. Like, it's just plays like that when you know you got to take advantage of a smaller matchup, go inside, get you a quick bucket. But I think the thing is what Cat is, he's just, he's not being more, he's not being aggressive enough. He needs to be a little bit more aggressive, especially knowing that, like, it's the number one seed. It's the number one seed, you got to be aggressive. And then to shot selection with Cat, too. Too many jumpers, too many fadeaways, too many guard plays, too many guard moves by a big man that, doesn't really need it again. Well, at least the matches that I've seen him again. Maybe Capella's a little different. I might have to do a little bit more finesse with Capella, but 
on the offensive end, yeah, like you said, Cavs would do a lot better within the two games. A lot better. Yeah. Within at least have a fighting chance. Yeah, I was gonna say because Jimmy Butler, he, I mean, he's he's giving what he can, um, and it's just the fact that Houston is just Houston's playing on a different level right now. James Harden is is James Harden. We know what's gonna happen there. Um, we know what's gonna happen. You know what's gonna happen with Chris Paul. Um, but like you said, you mentioned Clint Capella. I mean, I was watching game. I don't know if it was game. No, game one. Clint Capella was was putting up numbers. He had 20 after the first half, so he's making a big-time difference. But Davis said it during the regular season when Chris Paul and James Harden and Clint Capella, when that entire squad is healthy, they've only lost, I think it was one game? Yeah, I would say not even, yeah, not more than three. I know that. That's crazy. The crazy stat, I know that. So that's the thing. So with with that core group playing well and you got num- you're getting production from Gerald Green, Trevor Reza, PJ Tucker, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good look for them to get past in the next round and possibly run into either Oklahoma City or Utah, because we don't know who's gonna come out with that series because I mean granted playoff P put up some good numbers in game one. You know, Donovan Mitchell came back in game two and was balling even with the injury to his foot along with Rudy Gobert. Utah is going to be a tough out. Now they're going back home. They stole one in Oklahoma City. So can you imagine they get two in Utah and then go back and take one in Oklahoma City? I don't know. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a I – don't, I don't know who's going to come out of that series. I'm not even sure. Yeah, that's a tough shot right there because after the first game PG gave us, man, I thought that, you know, that was going to be an ongoing thing, like, until I think the next game, but – it seemed like all them really kind of like smooth and balanced out. Mitchell took over the game late into that game, second game too. So anything can go in that. Anything can go in that. Um, in the OKC and you saw that match up be dependent on that series goes as far as Donovan Mitchell goes. If he comes out every night as competitive as he was game two, man, we can see a game seven game series with those guys because right. if George doesn't go. For those numbers that he went for in game one, I I don't really see I don't really see them having a fighting chance because Westbrook is Westbrook. Westbrook's gonna give you what he's been giving you. It's the fact that what's Melo gonna do, what's the brain is gonna do, what's PG gonna do, what's Steven Adams gonna do, it's supporting cast. Kinda of with everybody in the playoffs really. It's the fact that with you you can look at everybody's team except for minus Fulman, everybody that you expect to have buckets are getting the buckets. It's like who else is going to step up and make that extra, be that extra man to bring on them extra points and extra, just that extra energy, extra points, extra anything for those other teams. And I really don't see who can build for OKC. With Utah, you, you got a lot more options. You got you got Crowder, he gave some shots. Rubio went for what? I think 20-something of a night, maybe 30. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you got Gobert on the defense again. Joe Ingles can hit some shots. So it's a lot more people that you can see going off of Utah. So I really feel like all playoffs, that's been a toss-up with me. Ever since I've seen that matchup, it's just been a toss-up for me. At any given night, it can be any one of those teams winning. But all this but this Utah team, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say – what I'm going to say, you know, it might not be – it might not be accurate, but they remind me of those – I mean, you remember those Utah teams we had when we was younger, but they had, like, Carl Malone and John Stockton running that team. You right. know, this – 
this Utah team kind of reminds me of that because they have that defensive toughness and they have the guys who can do more than just, oh, I'm just going to go and get points. But it's also other guys, like you said, who had that support mm-hmm. cast, which is different, which is like I said, outside of Portland and outside of San Antonio, you and of course Minnesota, everybody's getting more from the supporting cast outside mm-hmm. of just your main guy. You know what I mean? So it's it's yeah. it's different. It's very good to see this. It's real good basketball right now going on in the Western Conference side of the playoffs. Because if you ask me, you know, we got game threes this weekend leading into game fours going into the, you know, the beginning of the week next week. You know, this weekend is going to be crucial for a lot of teams in the Western Conference to see if they can try at least steal something. Now, granted, now, granted, like I said, San Antonio, um, Portland, and maybe Minnesota, if they can, if Minnesota can steal one at home, you know, it's going to be, it's, I mean, we're really going to be looking forward to just watching the rest of that Utah-Oklahoma City series because I think they might go six, seven games with the way those two teams are playing. That might be the – like you said, everybody was saying, and I agree when they said it, that's the going to be the most intriguing – that's been the most intriguing matchup to watch because of the fact that both teams are so well put together and you just got to make sure who's supporting, ga- supporting cast is going to do what for their best players because, you know, like you said – you you said it best. You know what Russ is going to give you. You know what Donovan Mitchell is going to give you. You know what Rudy Gobert is going to give you. Right. Like you said, if Oklahoma City, my question is, and you, you had said it before, what's Melo going to do? Because Melo has been up and down the entire season, and it's transferring mm-hmm. into the playoffs. And that's not a good look for Oklahoma City, who we, who everybody picked yo, yo. to be a yo. favorite. Yo, yo, Melo. That's him. Yo, yo, Melo. It's, not, it, it, it's hard to say. Like it's it's hard to say, man. Because you have one game when he threw to the head, and then you have one game when it's and he can't buy a shot. So it's like it's just if if you can keep how can I put it? If you can keep Melo to where you're not expecting too much, that's a good thing. But then you got to expect something from somebody else though when you're not expecting it from Melo. So it's just about if you if you go tell PG and Russ, I guess, man, get us the points. And if you need me, I'm here. If that's the mindset they're gonna go. I I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it working against Utah because, like you said, Utah is like they have that. They just have that. Why not? Like why not us? Like they got they got arguably a rookie of the year. Like if if Ben Simmons wasn't around, they have a rookie of the year. They have they have experience with Crowder. I mean, he's been in the playoffs. He's He's hit shots. He can hit shots. He's a defender. He's tough. Ricky Rubio, he's playing, if not one of his best seasons this year. So, and I have, they have like, they have enough depth. Like, they have they have a lot of guys who are still in the best that's waiting to play if they need them, like Alex Burks. I'm a big fan of Alex Burks. He hasn't been getting as many minutes as he usually do as far as the injuries and stuff, but they have people they can go to on the bench. It's just, okay, see, they're not as deep. So, it's like the people that you see on the court are those the ones you are going to need the production from. And it's just, like you said, this year just been so up and down. It's like you can't put them – you can't just put them in front of Utah because they're the Thunder. Like, it's not that type of year this year. So, I yeah. just feel like Utah can take them seven. Utah can win that in seven. Like, I can I can say on here right now I take Utah in seven. I, I'm probably going to take Utah in six because I don't think – I don't think – 
Oklahoma City is going to go in a Utah and steal a game because, like you said, their play is so inconsistent. Like, you don't know what you're going to get from those guys. That's the only reason why. The the game with PG, when he went off, I just, in my heart, I feel like he can do it one more time. So that's why I say it can go to seven. But I still don't have them winning it, but it can go to, like, they can get, they can get one more. But I just don't think that they, that it's it's just a shoe win for them. Like, I just don't think it, not this year. I just don't think it. This is the best, I think this is the best as competitive in the West, like this round being like neck and neck was was this matchup. Because I thought coming into it, I thought Portland was going to give uh, Pelicans a run for their money. Not far as the street, but I thought maybe 4-2. I didn't think that they were going to be down 3-0. So I think the Utah and Thunder were the most competitive competitive matchup on paper and in, like, in real life when it, yeah, when it started up. So I'm looking forward to the next game. I'm looking forward to that one. Well, right now, right now it's living up to that billing. So I'm not surprised by that. And then, you know, that's just the West. If you go to the East, I mean, homie, I mean, your Wizards, I mean, what? After tonight, man, I can do some. I can leave some feedback on our, on our IG and follow us on Handout Man that you know already. But yeah, like I, I can I can leave some feedback on that, man. Maybe halftime, first quarter, second quarter, <laughs> halftime, <laughs> fourth, man. Because yeah, like I like I've been telling my friends, I just think that I just think that we just need to come home. Like the first game was the first game was very competitive. We lost. Second game, we dug ourselves in the hole. We dug out, but it was like we spent so much of our energy digging out. Once we got out, we, we just was tired. So. I feel like we just need to come home, see a couple of them shots go in, get a couple of those calls that he wasn't getting in Toronto, and hopefully we can get these two at home and make it a series again. But not sleeping on the Toronto and not taking nothing from them. They are playing like another one. I cannot take that away from Toronto. And I was sleeping on them the whole time coming into the playoffs because I wasn't a believer of Kyle Lowry. Still not because he hasn't really did anything special, but their team as a whole, Dwayne Casey is out coach Scott Brooks and got those guys like they need to be coming into DC. So I can't take nothing away from those guys. They are playing absolutely. They they playing NBA basketball. Like they really want to get give a shot at that title this year. So they playing like a number one seed. Can't take nothing from them. But I was I'm very very disappointed in on the defensive end of what we've been doing. And Bill, oh man, when I find him, Danny, I'll tell you. Cause I don't know where he's at. <laughs> oh, I. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. We was, you know, we was we was over here watching it on Saturday. We was watching game one, and I was like, "Oh, okay, they're they're making a game out of it." And you know, you know me. I was watching with Big Dan, and Big Dan was like, "Man, turn this off. I'm I'm disgusted." Right. So he was. It was. I was like, "What's going on, y'all?" They were playing so well, and then it just got away from them. So I was like, "All right, Dale." They'll turn it around. They'll get it back up in game two. And game two, like you said, they dug themselves into a hole that they spent so much time trying to get out of it that I was just like, I don't know. I really don't know. Like tonight is game three, which is tonight. They're going to have to find a way to really get this figured out. 
because you can't you cannot go down to go down 3-0 and think you're going to come back and win a series unless you have a LeBron, Kyrie, J.R. Smith type effort like they had in the finals a couple years ago. And none, of those guys are walking into, and none of those guys are walking into the Capital One Arena tonight. So. <laughs> no, not at all. So they better find a way to pick this up. Bradley Bill's got to find a way to pick it up. John Wall got to pick it up. That entire roster has to pick it up. And to me, I, I'm, I feel like I, Scott Brooks needs to step it up. Like, Scott Brooks needs to step it up. He needs to, he needs to just try something different. He needs to just go whatever he feels like he wants to do. If he wants to bench go talk, him if you don't keep him let him play but everybody needs to know that we need to win this game on the defensive end we can't give up 120 something points 115 points 119 points thinking you're going to but you gotta you gotta look at it this way man like demar derozan had 37 points in game two he only missed nine shots he was 14 of 23 and then you also had Valanciunas, who had who gave y'all nineteen and fourteen, which has a lot because Gortat was getting killed. Right. So I'm trying to figure out, and then at the same time, and I think they need to play Mike Scott a little bit more than what right. they've been playing him, because Mike Scott was put was producing for them in game two. So it's good. So it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be key to see how many how much time he gets tonight which is going to be very, very important for that Wizards team to get that win tonight. Playing Mike Scott will be important. Um, but you like like you said, game three is going to be crucial for tonight <laughs> tonight here in D.C. to see what the Wizards can do because if they're not, if, if they don't do that, Toronto's going to have a nice rest for either Cleveland or Indiana because right. I'm going to say it to you I- like this. I actually seen on um on the Wizards on the Wizards um Instagram page on the uh, it said they were hinting giving Mike Scott the start tonight over Gortat. Oh, that's so big. Which would, so well, yeah, so which would so I hopefully it's true. So which would lead either I'm assuming Morris to slide to the five and have Gortat before, which will force Dwayne Casey to make a decision on what he wants to do with sliding maybe somebody down to the four or maybe just going big to see what we're going to do. I doubt that if we start Mike Scott that he would still go with Valanciunas and, and, and Ibaka. So that that will toss up. I mean, that will swing the matchup a lot. And with that with that lineup, with Mike Scott on the court, I think it's better for our guards because it will be more space for them to do their thing. And Gotar is just – mentally, I don't think he's there right now. I don't know what's going on, what's, what's been into him, but – He's just not there, and he's he's too inconsistent for me. And right, and, right. and I I think his head is there. It's just his play is too inconsistent. He like you look Gortat, and this has been over the years since he's been with Orlando, since he's been with Phoenix, and now Washington. He's so up and down, you know. Except with the exception of that one good year he had in Phoenix, which is the year before he got shipped to Washington. He's been so inconsistent going up and down with his play during the years. You don't know which Gortat you're going to get, and that's not a good thing, <clears throat> especially being a big man in the league going up against the guys you got to go up against because in the next round, depending on what happens, you might get Kevin Love, and that's going to pull you away from the basket, or you're going to get right. Miles Turner, which is going to pull you away from the basket, or you're going to get – um. 
Domitai Sabonis, who was Arvidas Sabonis' son, he can do everything. So which which yeah. Gortat are you going to get? He's going to be big tonight to see what they can do. But, I mean, right. we go – but like like I said, we're talking about Cleveland and Indiana. I'm going to ask you this question. I asked this question to a couple guys today. Is this LeBron's worst supporting cast? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. The oldest, actually. Well, not not the oldest, but at point guard, that's the oldest. You got George Hill, Coderon. Yeah. Like, that's got to be the oldest point guard he's ever played with. Since Eddie, yeah. since what Eddie House? Yeah, since Eddie House. That's, yeah, that's, these are the oldest. One of my friends are Cavaliers fan, and I tell him like, it's just if you with that series, it's like okay, like Indiana played outstanding first game, stole that one, played lights out every part of the game. Second game, the rest made up for that. Gave Victor three quick fouls in the first half, which threw his floor of the game completely off. They fought that whole game, still got back. LeBron played outstanding basketball, had almost 50 points. They won the game. But it still doesn't scare me. Like, as as a basketball fan looking at even if I was a Pacers fan, like going home two games, I feel like Indiana can take these two games because you think LeBron, if he does go for, okay, another 40-piece, even these next two games, who is going to – Step up and make these shots. Nobody for the Cavs have stepped up and did anything but LeBron James. But you got but George Hill that, hasn't been nowhere. And that's a good point because, like you said, <clears throat> LeBron put up forty six, and they won by three. Exactly. What's going to happen? You what? Jet- and that's at home. That's at home, Danny. That's you know at what I'm home. That's at home, bro. Imagine when, when that when the crowd when the crowd when you hear that boo every time you touch the ball, when you're not getting that foul you thought you got the last two possessions like all that plays into the game when you're on the road and like like it, and then even when the game was winded down Victor had a chance to tie the game I think he missed that shot because it was game and he he never got himself into that game three quick fouls in the first half he wasn't even in the game physically like enough to want to not saying that that was excuse to never hit that shot but. If he was, if that was game one, that shot is going in. That shot is going clean in because he he's had the minutes. Yeah. He's had the already. It's already there. Like he was trying to get himself into the game as he got into the game. Jaron Collison played a great game. I think overall, Indiana just like just like Utah, they have a lot of people they can go to for a basket. Like right. Corey Joseph. Corey Joseph was playing great. They have Lance Lance Stevenson, proven to be proven to be. I guess the, the, the arch nemesis against LeBron when it comes to one-on-one matchups in the playoffs. Well, Far is not being scared to check him. So that, that's been a nice matchup. I like I like seeing that two matchup against each other on the court. But Indiana has been playing great basketball against LeBron. Don't get me wrong. LeBron can do it, but we all know he can't do it by himself. Last no, year not, Kyrie, the year not at all. That, it was D-Wade, Ray Allen. Like the supporting cast, man, that's that's a lot. And right now they don't have it. Ronnie Hood, he had a couple shots, but it's like consistently on that road, you're gonna need a, another proven guy. Jr. is more like a Gortat in the sense of you know up and down to me. You know he went hot in the first game, second game he had a couple shots, he was there, but it's not really not really nothing that's going you know nothing that's gonna really turn me to the side that I want to be like okay I can I can go to the cast side like. Nothing that's going to turn me to their to their direction. Larry Nance, nah. Steph Green, he's 
it's okay, but it's like you know, it's not it's not consistent enough. I just yeah, to answer that question, Danny, I think this is the the worst the worst supporting cast LeBron has ever had. And 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 I totally agree. And 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 remember, we sat through the the days where his point guard was Larry Hughes, where he had right. Daniel Gibson, Drew Gooden. He didn't have Shaq. He had Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and that was that was wow. I don't I don't. And you also remember this is this is also some of the youngest, and not even a sense of age when I mean youngest. I mean, in right. a sense of playoff experience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I know exactly what you mean, right? Because you brought up two guys, Larry Nance and um and Jordan Clarkson. This is their first playoff series experience. Anything, R- Ronnie Hood too? Yep, Ronnie Hood. Ronnie Hood. Hood I, think, is, I think. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is his first second. one because last okay, okay, year. Okay. Well, it's. It is his second one, but it's his right, first right. one because last year he was hurt so much. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how much playoff experience he had last year. Right. Okay. So cool. it's it's gonna be it's it's new to a lot of these boys, and right. like and like we said, we said it at the when we were talking about the Wizards. Kyrie ain't walking through that door. Kevin right. Love. I mean, you know what Kevin Love's gonna give you, but even mm-hmm. then, it's not enough. They need somebody else, and I don't know if it's got to be Jr. I don't know if it's got to be Rodney Hood, whoever it is. They need to but, get like at least a second, but it's or like a third or fourth score to go along with LeBron and Kevin Love. I was watching um um um, um with the uh, party interruption. Michael Wilbon looked at Tony Kozenhans and he asked him. He said, "Is <laughs> he said are the Cavs missing Kyrie?" And when he said that. The first thing that came to my mind was like, like yeah, like yes, like everybody sees that. Like even if you didn't, even if you was a fan of him leaving, wasn't a fan of him leaving, wasn't a fan of Kyrie, not a fan of LeBron, like just a fan of being about basketball. Like it's nobody else on the Cavs that can break the defense down other than LeBron. No, not at all. Like who can? Nobody else can break the defense down on the Cavs, and that's why you see. How their offense is, it's like a okay, if LeBron if LeBron got the ball, okay, let's stand and watch and see if he gonna give it to us. If not, he's shooting it up, let's get this rebound, get it back to him, see what we can do. Or if you got the ball, go get a bucket, LeBron LeBron will get us on the back end. Like that's that's really all it's been about. It's like huh, LeBron, take it and see what you know what I'm saying, we're gonna hit this shot. But there's nobody else that's been even taking the initiative to wanna to do something. Love has been deferring. They are always deferred. He's not that guy to go get the ball and dance with the ball, well, at least not since he's been on the team with LeBron. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just they have nobody else to break the defense down. And now they probably thought that they were just getting by or we can get past this because he's got LeBron. But now you can see it. When somebody is up on the cast playing them how they're supposed to be played, not worried about LeBron, you see the difference. Like, they're tied they're tied 1-1 with the Indiana Pacers team. They're not saying that the Indiana Pacers are not good. They had a great season this year. Just wasn't televised enough, so we didn't really get to see them. But – they outstanding basketball team, outstanding players, but it's their matchup with the Cavs is is not what the Cavs wanted. It's just they don't have a they they don't have nobody to break down the defense. So it's like if LeBron's not doing it, who else would do it? And like you went down in the list of names, it's not too many people that could. Like as far as the people that we did name, it's only people that I can see breaking down the defense or even making a play for himself is Clarkson, but it's when will he get a, be able to because he's not starting. 
Stockton's not starting. He's coming off the bench. And then when he comes off the bench, it's not so ready he's going to stay in the game long or he, the, the play that he's given is not even worthy of staying on the court. So it's like that X is him out. Then Larry Nance is really a player that you have to get Larry Nance going or he really needs a lob to the basket. His game is not really developed and flourished enough for you to expect a lot from him in the playoff game. George oh, yeah, Hill, no question. Yeah, George Hill. Uh, <clears throat> George Hill, he's, he's proven a little. Like, he, he's had his games with San Antonio, had his games with Indiana. He can hit a he can hit a big shot, but it's like when will he or like is he is he does he have enough in the tank or is he ready for this? So it's like and then pl- actually playing against somebody that actually was a reason that he kind of didn't even because after he left San Antonio, Corey Joseph was like the next wave of point guard over there before he left the Indiana. So yeah, it's it's a, yeah, it's a lot it's, it's a lot with that matchup also, but I really feel like. Indiana can win that series. They can win two at home and then put them on and put Cleveland on the edge of, hey LeBron, can you can you do it again from three one? So, yeah, I'm oh, I'm waiting to see that. I'm waiting to see that as well too. But yeah, I just don't have them winning on the road. I don't have them still in one of Indiana. That place is going to be rocking. Like that place is going to be rocking. Yeah, I don't I don't I, I'm I don't know. We'll have to watch and see. And tonight and tonight will definitely be at. Uh, to see what are they going to do and if they're going to be able to steal one in Indiana tonight because either way, they have to run to the t- Toronto and then we'll, we don't know what's going to happen with that series. But if right. we're talking about potential Eastern Conference Finals matchups, I mean, Philly with getting Joel Embiid back is a huge boost for Philly. It was a I huge, mean, especially last night. They needed him last night. They needed I mean, him last, last night. That was, night. That was the L. Yeah, they needed him last night, and he showed up in a big way on the on yeah. both ends of the floor. Now, after granted, that second, after that second three, I knew he was going for a nice game. Oh yeah, no question. To get that second three, I knew he was going for a nice game. Oh yeah, no question. That was, that it was is, a great game coming back. And it's and it's wild because with with the Sixers, you knew what you were going to get from Ben Simmons. You knew what but, you were going to get from Dario Sarge. You knew what you were going to get from everybody else. It was all in a matter of are they getting MB back? And when he came back, it was a game changer on both ends of the floor. Like I saw a stat this morning and it kind of made me think about it. Like it's that's how much that's how much of an impact he has on that team. The Miami Heat, I think, was 0 for 13 when MB was in the game in the paint. Wow. Like think think about that stat for a minute. They they missed all thirteen shots in the paint when Embiid was in the game. That is crucial. That means nothing is getting inside, and at the same time, not only was nothing getting inside, Philly was turning those those opportunities in the. I points. was about to say. I was about to say it had to be a nice if if you turn a team if you make a team go over thirteen in the paint, let alone even over thirteen in the quarter and a half, whatever on that. On the other end, it has to be some kind of run going on as far as your play, either points off turnovers or a nice run within that time that you kept them scoreless. Yeah, it had to be a nice run going on. So that's 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 man, that's great. That's great. That's a great presence to have. As far as him, Capella, Rudy Gobert, like that, 
that having that presence of a defensive center on that back end and the playoffs is a huge boost for any team. Oh, yeah. Because if you look no at the Wizards question. right now, on our team right now, we have – we don't have that. We don't have that. And if you look at every other team in the playoffs right now, with the exception of – I could say your Spurs maybe. But even with your Spurs, they have an Aldridge that could go block a shot. Gasol, they're seven feet, that's willing to go block a shot. But the Wizards don't have that. We don't have that. So – and everybody that does have that is in a great position. Portland doesn't have it either. Portland center is more so a finesse center. He wants to get his little mid-range shots. He's not really trying to play no defense. He'll grab a board, but he's not really sticking his nose in there to play no defense. So if you look no, at no, all no, the no, playoff no. teams right now, yeah, like you said, that defensive presence, that anchor in that back is a is a huge boost. And with Embiid, he's been doing that all season. So he gives it to yeah. you on the offense and defensive end. So, that yeah, like you said, that was a huge boost. For him yeah, to it's, come back yesterday, mind yeah, if you keep that and to keep that, yeah. find a way to keep that mask on, man. You seen Winslow? He stepped on that jump. He wanted to see if it was gonna break. <laughs> yeah, that mask, yeah. Ain't, that mask ain't breaking. That mask is, yeah. that mask is impenetrable like Superman. You're not breaking yeah. that mask. And even then, he find a way to keep it on so he won't mess the flow up. But other than that, he played a good game. Yeah, no question. And then of Hit course, the ground a couple times, so you know he good. He oh yeah, he popped. He yeah. popped back up. Mm-hmm. So we already know what he's going to get. But if you look at the last matchup in the in the playoffs on the Eastern side, I mean, Boston is having their way with Milwaukee, even to the point where Bledsoe is so frustrated. He does, he said he don't I don't know who the, who who the fuck that was in, in returns to Terry Rozier. I was sitting right. there like, you better know who he is because he's cooking you the entire series so far. I didn't know who he was, man. He knew he was when he when he put him on that spin cycle for that step back three. That's, yeah. That, that's now, crazy. That, 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 that's being salty. He's just being salty, bro. It's salt in the wound on that one because there's no way you – come on, man. You're in the East. You you you, you, you play basketball. You're in the NBA with this, man. There's no way you don't know terrible shit. Like, come on, man. Like my, you knew. If you look at it, he's getting outplayed. That's cool. And that's that's – that's more understandable for Blesso to say that, but we, me and you both know Eric Blesso know a damn well who Terry Rozier is. He should know who the hell Terry <laughs> Rozier is. Terry Rozier has been putting up, I think he put up twenty. I think he put up twenty four along uh, to go along with that game time three in game one, and then he put up another. Oh, what did he have in game two? I forgot. I forgot his stats in game two. But he put up even more points in game two. So I was like, right. yo, you sure you don't know who Terry Rozier is? Because if you don't, you're going to know who he is now. Because Terry mm-hmm. Rozier is balling right now. He's, he's scored. He's been balling since every time, every time he's been called upon to either take the starting lineup or get additional minutes or even just to give Kyrie a blow when Kyrie was up. He's all he's been there. Right. He showed up. Like Rozier is averaging twenty three points these first two games. He had twenty three that second game. Yeah, he's averaging twenty three yeah. these first two games, and he's he's he is now. Granted, don't get me wrong. Jalen Jalen Brown it's and nuts. Jason he's Tate playing nuts. It's playing out of their minds right now. Yeah, Jason Brown and Jalen Brown is playing nuts. Tatum is Tatum been doing that. Tatum would have Tatum is. Tatum, if he would have kept it more consistent throughout the year, he could have been, he could have been easy at fifth person maybe for a rookie of the year. 
him, Kuz, all those guys that really fell off towards the back end of that, to the back end of the season. But yeah, those guys are playing. Those guys are playing good basketball. Oh yeah, no question. It's it's wild. You know what I mean? So it's it's definitely good to see them now. Milwaukee needs to get more from their guys because I mean we know Giannis is doing what he's doing, but he's got to get some more help. And Eric Bledsoe is one of those guys who need to give him some help. Jabari mm-hmm. Parker has got to got to pick it up a little bit more in this series. So we definitely see Boston coming out of that series. In my opinion, I don't think Milwaukee's gonna. I don't think Milwaukee's gonna get make a dent in the series. If they do, it'll be a gentleman gentleman sweep. It'll be a four one win, in my opinion, for Boston. But that's just how <clears throat> that's just how good the playoffs have been this year. I mean. We're looking across the I, board, I, I, and I feel like when when you so give me one second when you know when you say it when we said it when we said um because I didn't want to forget when we said how Cavs are missing Kyrie the Bucks are missing Jason Kidd man that 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 firing first of all it it didn't make sense when it happened to me it didn't make sense because once the more that Kidd and Giannis got closer and the relationship got better. The better it related to Giannis's game, Giannis's game got better. It took a whole nother step. He started to understand the game a lot more around with Jason Kidd, and then now you see like it's kind of like the same team when Kidd made his run when they win the playoffs, and it's the same kind of team with the addition of really nobody but just Jabari Parker back and Shabazz Muhammad, and you got you have Tony Snell with 22 minutes on the floor. He gives you two points. Then you have Jabari Park on the floor for 10 minutes with no points, two shots. Then you have Thorne Maker played one minute. Seven-foot stretch five played one minute. One rebound, took two shots. Tyler mm-hmm. Zeller, six minutes. It's just like it's, it comes down to the players also, but it then comes down to the coaching because if you look pretty much down this game, Minnesota in these first – I mean, not Minnesota, sorry, Milwaukee was never really – Maybe for a little run, they might have got out of the game, maybe down 10. But they wasn't really – this game, these games were pretty much close or even had a fighting chance of going late into these fourth-quarter games. So I just feel like a lot of things have happened that's making these playoffs a little more a little more intriguing as far as, like, the trades that happened even be this beginning of the year, mid-season, the coaches that got fired throughout the season, or just the, just the shake-ups, just like – it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't think the Bucks will be down. We'll be down two. Uh, we'll be down oh two without without a Kyrie over in Boston with Jason Kidd coaching. I just I just don't see it. I believe it. Be- be- kind of adjustment made. <clears throat> I believe it, but that yeah. brings me to the the next segment because you brought up Jason Kidd getting fired. He was let go. Earl Watson right. was let go beginning of the season. Fisdale right. was let go beginning of the season. Um, and then, of course, you saw the two firings in New York and Orlando last week with uh, with Vogel getting let go in Orlando and Hornacek yeah. getting let go in New York. Vogel should have got the job in Orlando. No, not at all. I don't think he, he should have got the either. job in Orlando. He should never got the job. Once he left Indiana, it should have been no fit for him to be a head coach right after leaving Indiana. It just it, – it, it just didn't. It just wasn't. That just was a forced move to me. 
it was a fourth move to me. So I, I can see him getting getting fired from Orlando because it wasn't working. It it wasn't working before he got there. It wasn't working while he was there. Me being Frank Vogel, I wouldn't even have took that job knowing what he was getting himself into. After leaving Indiana with Paul George all those years, no, nah, I wouldn't have did that. That wouldn't have been a good move for me either. But, yeah, like you said, yeah, the firing of these coaches, it's like, and you got these candidates that's coming up for these coaching jobs that we just said. So, yeah, these next couple of weeks, man, yeah, it's going to be gonna be interesting. I actually want to see who's going to get this New York job. Well, I mean, so far from what from what I saw, um, you had, who was it? Like Fisdale. Fisdale was uh, Fisdale was in the was getting looked um, I know in for the New York out. job and the Phoenix job. Uh, Mike Woodson is getting looked at for the New York job. Of course, this Mark be, Jackson. Yeah, this would be uh, Woodson's so second stint with the uh, Knicks, correct? Yeah, it'll be a second stint with the Knicks. Uh, yeah. You got Mark Jackson was getting looked at for the Knicks job and the Orlando job. Stackhouse was in the running, is possibly in the running for the Charlotte job and or the Magic job, depending on what's been going on this, this past week, week and a half. You know, it's to me, this is this is a good look for me because I mean, if they if you follow if you follow our Instagram page, y'all know I do a segment called the full timeout. And on one of the full timeouts, I go into the extent that it's time to start looking into African American coaches in the league right now, and to see some of the top candidates that's going out being African American coaches and all top candidates, it's a good look, and I think it's time that those moves need to be made, especially in this time with everything that's been going on. It's time for the it's time for those African American coaching candidates to start coming out and start getting some of these gigs. It's good to see Dwayne Casey doing what he's doing in Toronto. Um, we all knew Nate McMillan was a good coach, so I'm not surprised of what he's doing in right. Indiana right now. But when you had a guy like Fisdale who was ha- who had a winning record in Memphis, and with the exception of the last year where they had a they been they've been to the playoffs players two years. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you run into the slow start he had this year because of the injuries that they had. Right. It he was, was plagued with injuries. He was plagued with injuries. He was plagued with injuries. So I don't know why you let him go. Uh, right. Earl Watson. I mean, as much as as much as I didn't want to see him fired, I knew it was coming only because of the right. way Phoenix has been playing the past year, year and a half. And Earl he, Watson um, firing was more so, I think, like systematic, far as like what the system was doing, like. It just wasn't like it. Like you see, you see Devin Booker's game rising, but the team isn't exactly. And it's like, okay, if you don't make a change, it's like eventually Booker's gonna want to make a change. Or after a while, when we do make this change, who are we gonna get to fill in for this? Like, cause right now, this is this is right now kind of a good time not to have a coach. Like, if you ask me, far as like not being in the playoff team, because now you have. Mark Jackson, who could be a coach next year, like you said, Mike Wilson's a good coach, a good coach who could be a coach next year. Jerry Stackhouse, the first time NBA head coach, be a good um, candidate for a job. Fizdale would be a good candidate for a job right now. So it's like it's kind of like a perfect time not to have a coach, just to see who you can go get, what you can go get. And I also read earlier that um, 
everything is not uh shaped up to be how it's supposed to be down in Detroit with um Van Gundy. So yeah, he's supposed um, to have a, they he's supposed to have a right yeah we're meeting today with owners with right. the ownership to see how he's what's going to happen with him you're right because i think they said that they want to um they said they're going to first approach the situation as they don't want him um in charge of um of both being the coach and player control so they said they're going to want to strip him of the player control and see if he still wants to be the coach and if he doesn't they're willing to walk um walk away from him so that can you know that can go that can go either way with that one so no. Oh yeah, most never. That would be so. That'd be another vacancy if that doesn't go how they wanted to go. Yeah, no question. And then, so it's it's like you said, it's a good it's a good time to to not have your coach because there's so many good candidates out there right now. So we'll we'll definitely see within you know the coming weeks, especially with the draft coming up and everything with the off season coming up with so many different free agents that's be coming up. You know, this summer it's gonna be a, it's gonna be key to see how these coaching staffs are going to come in who are they going to bring in to implement these systems into some of those teams who are still trying to struggle and get out of the, get out of the basement per se and see what they can do because it's going to be, it's going to be key, especially like, like you said, with these free agents coming in this summer, we're talking about LA looking to get some, make some moves. We're talking about a lot of teams trying to make moves during the free agency. And the big thing that they're trying to do is some teams are trying to get a coach and that's the start. So we'll definitely right. see what happens once that once that gets going, because uh, like I said, we bought up L.A. trying to make some moves. Yo, I don't. And like I said, yes, I'm a Spurs fan. Yes, that's my team. I don't know what is going on with Kawhi. I'm trying not to read too much into it because he's just trying to get healthy. Um. Is there's a report going around in LA, the Lakers, not the Clippers, but the Lakers are looking to make a move to get Kawhi. Now, granted, Kawhi is not a free agent going into the summer. He still has right. a guaranteed year left on his deal with a player option for the following year. But the Spurs are trying to re-sign him to the Supermax, you know, over $200 million, $200 million. But in terms of the Lakers making a move, if your name isn't Lonzo Ball, or Brandon Ingram or Julius Randle, you go into package one of those two with some picks to get Kawhi Leonard. If I'm the Lakers and they're trying to get Kawhi, I'm not trading Kuzma. Kuzma's potential to be the best player on that team. Now, granted, yes, they have Lonzo Ball. Yes, Lonzo Ball was the number two pick in the draft. I get it. But Kuzma is is the best young player on that team. I don't trade him. Can you imagine what Kuzma can do if they get a bona fide star in LA next this summer? And if they're trying to get Kawhi, I wouldn't I I would not package Kuzma in none of those deals. <clears throat> nah, I can't. Not the way he's playing this year. Uh, he's but I but I don't know because what Kuz what Kuz what Kuz is um He'll be more. Uh, it depends on what you're going after because if Kuz, if you're going to get that player that you really, really, really want, and you know that team, if that's what's making them push the button, Kuz, ah, uh, Kuz might have to go because it's like, with, like you know, bro. Me and you know both know, like the Kobe days have spoiled the Lakers. Like the Lakers are not used to this. Like 
fan base is not used to this. Like the the, the rebuilding wow. thing. So it's like it's like as fast as they as fast as they could get out that rebuilding stage, bro. They they, they will try. Now, if it takes Kuz to do it, I'm sure they'll try everything in their power not to. But you gotta think, bro. If you if you know maybe man, if, if it's with Kawhi and, and you want a couple players in Kuz, uh, Kuz might have to go. That's, like, I I hear you because it's just... because it, it's just it's Kawhi like, and we've seen Kawhi do it over a numerous a, over one year. Numerous of years now, cool. Don't get me wrong, great year, had a great year. But who is to say he 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 only could get better? He's younger, he only can get better, he only can get better. But he his game and his peak is not where Kawhi's is right now, so no, not at all. I mean, but just yeah, yeah. so I mean, you can live with that. Imagine if him yeah, and Kawhi are the same thing, that's gonna be big, but right, yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. But you won't even get to see that. If you can't get that button pushed on that deal, and that deal won't get done unless, like, like you get cool, like if, if Kuz don't go, like, like to the into the football perspective, like with the Redskins, they said that that move with Kendall Fuller to get Alex Smith wouldn't have been done if we didn't give up Kendall Fuller. As much as we wanted to keep him, we knew we needed Alex Smith. So it's like, what would you? It's like, what do you want? Do you want Leonard more or do you want Kuz more? And we all know the answer to that. So. <laughs> Yeah, we know. It, we definitely don't answer that. It's tough. Yeah, that's what, and that's be so bad about the situation because even if, even if the Spurs didn't want Kuz, it's like just like you said, you know what they will be if they had both of them. So it's like give us Kuz just so you won't have them. Like, right. It, it's, it, yeah, that's that's and that's crazy. That's crazy. But I know if I had to give that okay to let Kuz go, knowing that I'm bringing Kawhi in and maybe a couple picks for another player. Yeah, I might have to just, I might have to live with that one. Yep. So we'll we'll definitely see. Man. We'll definitely see what goes on with that down the coming lines. Um, it's gonna be real, real big, especially like like you said in the next upcoming upcoming weeks with the playoffs going on. Like this is this is gonna be a good time for basketball. Playoffs are going on. WNBA starts in a month. The big three starts in two months. Like it's gonna be a good basketball summer, and we're gonna we're gonna be there to cup. We're gonna be there to get you guys up and running with you and every each and everything that's gonna be going on this summer, especially with the like I said. But the, the big thing is the big three in the WNBA season get started. So well, we definitely that summer, get into that, that summer league start. That summer league get the popping. Yeah, it's gonna that's be it's gonna, 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 gonna be real real big. Um, that's gonna be real big right there. But we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap this one up um this was a real good episode we'll be back again but before we go we got a big big thing to tell y'all you can now follow us on itunes yes yeah. we have been we are officially we are officially on itunes just you can subscribe to us on the podcast by searching for the for just searching hand down man down podcast just hit that subscribe button you'll get all the episodes all the latest episodes for this team as well so just be on the lookout for some new upcoming things coming from this. And we will catch you guys later. Peace. Yeah, man, I'll take it easy.